Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. Real quick before we get started, if you enjoy reading about signs and if you enjoy fiction like Bridget Jones and Sex in the City, you might enjoy my books, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. And if you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend too. Thank you so much for listening and on to the show. Whitney Deneen is an award-winning author of 18 books and counting, a former Ford model, the creator and baker behind Whitney's Goodies, and a wife and mother raising children, chickens, and organic vegetables in the Pacific Northwest. As it says in her Amazon bio, Whitney loves to play with her kids, bake stuff, eat stuff, and write books for people who get her. I get that, and I'm so happy that I get to talk to her today. Hi, Whitney. Hi, how are you? I'm good. So we know each other from the author community, but we were chatting a little bit before this and it didn't occur to me until I was doing more of my Whitney research that you have lived in New York, Chicago, and LA. I don't think I've I don't think I've met too many people who've lived in all three cities, but you have. <laughs> You've been around. I, I was born in Chicago. We spent some time in central Illinois, but then I went back to Chicago towards high school. Went to college there, moved to New York City, and from New York City, my husband and I moved to Los Angeles. I always thought I wanted to live in a big city, but I've been gone for 10 years, and I love it. Yeah, raising children, chickens, and, and baking stuff, and it just, it looks so peaceful. But... My Ma Ingalls years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm in, thoroughly enjoying it. I love all of the old photos you post. I could look at pictures of other people's families. I love old photos and it just doesn't have to be just my family. Like I could go through my husband's families, like his, his old photos of his family. I'm a history lover. I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by families. And you post the best pictures. Your parents oh, look like you. that glamorous, like Mart I could be totally wrong, but like a martini drinking, like 70s parents. Like <laughs> <laughs> what they were, were they like? They were pretty. They were pretty standard '70s parents, you know. They um, it was just a, it was just a funny time. My dad grew up in South Dakota, so he was a farm boy from the start. But mm. he went to law school and met my mom, and then they had a much different life. But when living in Chicago, he would plant corn in the living room because he didn't have enough room to plant outside. Oh. So, you know, you think of the 70s and you, right? I mean, you think of these nutty, crunchy kind of crazy people. And we joke that my parents were like white collar hippies. Like, you know, (laughs) they were a lawyer and a journalist, but they, you know, they took yoga and they did all this funny stuff. My dad and I grew sprouts in the cabinet and we made our own yogurt, but. (laughs) Oh, how cool. And you come from a long line of, like, I love your family history, like your great-grandmothers who were both named Susanna. What are the chances of that? And that your right. grand, like, your, didn't one of them own a bar? Yes. Well, I mean, you know, we're, my grandparents were first-generation Americans, so both of them were 100% Slovak. So by virtue of the fact that they were 100% Slovak, there were, like, six names that everybody named their kids. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't that surprising, but. Um, yeah, you know, it was just, it was a different time. And I think of today, we're so separated from that kind of, that kind of struggle and that kind of lifestyle that it just seems odd, right? But, yeah, you know, we're not, we're not that far away from it. And you were describing how they had so many children. Well, on the one side, they had so many children. And then the, 
that only two made it into adulthood. I always hear, you know, like you always hear those stories and God, it had to be so hard. Well, so that was my, we called, we called that great grandmother Stadamama, which means old lady in Slovak. (laughs) Um, She moved here at 14 with her husband. She was married to a widower who was almost 30. She was 14 and they immigrated here and it was her parents wanted her to have a better life. And, and they knew by saying goodbye to her at that tender age that they were doing it to try to give her a better life than she mm-hmm. would have had, you know, had there. So, you know, it was, it was a rough life and her husband died as a result of coal mining injuries. And she was, you know, she gave birth to seven children, got them into this world and some of them well into their first year and mm-hmm. only two of them made it out of childhood. Oh my God. I she know. Imagine that that's the better life. Right, right. God. And she's the one who passed on Christmas? No, that was the other side. She oh was my. the one who owned the bar. She owned a bar okay. called Mom's in Cleveland. I love it. And, I love uh, it. you know, we still use the aprons from that bar. <laughs> and I have her stove, and my brother has a bar table in his living room. I mean, it's it so fantastic. I love that. And then the other grandmother. The other grandmother had five kids, raised five children in a one-bedroom house. And in this one-bedroom house, they had their yard wasn't big, but they had a chicken coop, and they had a garden, and they had a root cellar. And, I mean, every square inch counted. She worked in a a junkyard, the night shift at a junkyard. And so a lot of the things that they got for their home that they needed came from the junkyard. Do you feel like you ever get signs from them? Sure. My grandmother, when she died, this I think I was 23 and we had just moved to Los Angeles and I got home. The day she died, I had these cow lights on my Christmas tree. For some reason, you know, cows were such a big thing and I love cows. So my Aww. Christmas tree had cow lights that year. And I got the phone call that she had died and she was only 73 and mm-hmm. none of us were expecting it. And as soon as I got off the phone, my cow lights died on the Christmas tree. They were brand new that year. They stopped working. I went back to Pennsylvania for the funeral. And, you know, they're East Coast time. They're three hours ahead. Everyone went to bed. And I'm still like, okay, it's only 8 o'clock my time. And I start wandering around the house. And I go down into the basement where she had her little desk area. And sitting on top of her desk were report cards that she had collected from my brother and I. Then I went upstairs and I walked to the living room. I'm going upstairs to the bedrooms and something fell off the mantle on the fireplace. I thought, I'm just going to leave it. And then something said, no, go pick it up and see what it is. And she had printed out all of these healing psalms from the Bible and stapled them together. And then in the corner, in her handwriting, it said, dear Whitney, I thought you might find these helpful. I love you, Graham. My grandmother was not by any stretch of the imagination uh, someone who prepared. <laughs> she she sent Christmas gifts regularly in January. I mean, she just couldn't, it just wasn't something she could put all together. She could get them, but she couldn't mail them. Yeah. So that year, for the first time ever in the beginning of December, she had everybody's Christmas gift wrapped and sitting on the dining room table. So when we came for her funeral, we had a Christmas gift from her. I left her, I left Pennsylvania, went back home. And it must have been, I don't know, it was after Christmas. I kind of think that, you know, our loved ones hang out. They've got a, a couple-week mm-hmm. period where they're just adjusting between dimensions, right? And mm-hmm. so they're there with us a lot. 
I was at our place and all of the the doors and windows were shut. I mean, it was December and even though it was California, it still got cool at night. Mm -hmm. And I felt this incredible cold wind flow through my living room. It was nuts. And it went right past me. And I looked at the Christmas tree and all of my little cow lights came back on. And I thought, oh, so I just said, I love you, Graham. I knew she was coming to say goodbye. I knew she had reached that place where she was like, you know what? You know, I hung out and now I'm moving on. And I just felt it so strongly. So we, my dad, he was very, I gosh, I don't know how to, let me go back quickly say, neither one of my parents grew up with this kind of belief system. Mm. They were both very Lutheran. They were both very, you know, church oriented. Ghosts didn't exist. You know, mm-hmm. that just wasn't mm-hmm. how they grew up. But our house in Chicago was haunted. And oh. so they, you know, they came to this place of, okay, well, these things are really happening. You know, our, we are up in bed and our children are asleep and our piano is playing. <laughs> so something is going on. It was, a, it was a very wild few years. So that was kind of the turning point for my parents where they just sort of, they just opened up to, hey, there's so much more out there. Mm-hmm. And at that, from that point on, I think they both experienced so many things from friends who had passed or different psychic phenomenon that it just became, you know, well, when my dad passed, it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to carry on the tradition because I know you guys are open and, you know, I, I oh, want to wow. let you know I'm there. He died a year ago in May mm-hmm. and he, he and my mom played Scrabble every day. That was their thing, just to beat mm-hmm. each other in Scrabble. They loved it. <laughs> so when I play Scrabble on my computer, my dad will pop in. He'll spell his name out in tiles and it's on the computer, right? So I'm not his, right. his energy, making that mm-hmm. energy happen. And then right, right. give us little messages. So there was one on your mom's birthday? It was right before their anniversary. Oh, their anniversary. He said, the first play, he spelled out my mom's name. The second play, he spelled out my love. And on the third play, he spelled out flowers. And I knew he was telling me, get your mother flowers for our anniversary and tell her they're from me. <laughs> Oh, so, okay. So you're playing Scrabble on the computer. Like I do this with words with friends. So like I'm playing just the computer, like it's me versus the computer. And what are the chances that the computer would play your mom's name? What is your mom's name? Libby. That it would play Libby, my love flowers. Like if you like that, those would be the first three or that they would even be played in a game at all. In the or, same game? Very funny. What? Well, you know what? I think that, you know, when we leave our bodies, we're just the energy, right? You know, we've shed the, mm-hmm. we've shed the shell, so we're the energy. Mm-hmm. So energy works well with electricity. So a mm-hmm. lot of people will say, you know, lights flicker. We've had all of that weird stuff happen. The day my dad died, the day after, he died at home with us. And uh, mm-hmm. my mom and two daughters were sitting in her room. And they called me in and they were all excited. And I said, what is going on? They watched a dial on a lamp actually turn. They watched the dial turn and the lights got higher and lower and higher and lower. And my mom was like, oh, leave it to your dad just to let us know he's okay. (laughs) His favorite movie of all time was The Sound of Music. I was going to ask you about that because you mentioned that he always makes his presence known when you have it on. He does. So the first time, and 
the rest of us like the movie, but we're not like compelled to watch it all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so there was a, a plant, my, my mom and dad's room, they live with us. They have like a bed, uh, living room in their room. You know, there's mm-hmm. the living area and then the bedroom off to the side. So the girls are sitting there with my mom watching the sound of music and she's got plants on the TV stand, you know, flowering plants. Mm. <laughs> they were so excited by this one because my dad picked up the plant. They saw it lift off the TV console and drop onto the floor next to it. Oh my God. And oh they were so God. excited because they were like, he loves this movie. He was telling us he was there with us. <laughs> and I'm sure that's what it was. Yes. Wow. It's so, in, you know, like, I feel like these things always happen, like, in conjunction with something. So, like, if you had gotten Libby, my my love, flowers, any time of the year, it would have been like, I know it's you, Dad, and, like, I'll get Mom flowers. That's so sweet. But that it came before the anniversary, it's like, this is a very clear message. In case you just thought it was a coincidence, like, it's not a coincidence. Like this is, you know, it's um, confirmation is like, this is an anniversary acknowledgement. Oh, absolutely. And if absolutely. that had happened like with the plant during any other movie, it would be like, it would still be like, dad, like you're amazing. But that it's like happened during that movie, his favorite movie. And only like, that movie. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy. It's like, yes, like this is confirmation. Like this isn't a coincidence. Like put two and two together. Like this is me. It's amazing. I think he's he's having so much fun and he's so <laughs> thrilled to be free of a body that hurts so much. And he was so ready to go. So I, I we're to the point where he's not here all the time, mm. you know, but, but he peeks his head in, you know, and I know yeah. it when Scrabble starts and it's his name, the first name. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, dad, we're playing Scrabble. Okay. <laughs> so his first, what was his first name? Reiner. Oh, Wow. That's an unusual I know. Name. It wasn't like Tim or John or like some <laughs> Bob. It wasn't some short <laughs> So does Ryan come up as like a name for that you're playing against? Or no, you... it doesn't come up as the name I'm playing against. It's spelled out in my tiles. Oh, my. You know how the droid picks the tiles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's right. It's, it's not it's like just... it's like Bill. Like I would be like, all right, like that could happen. But Reiner? It's amazing. It's amazing. I've experienced tons of signs over the years, and I love these stories. So I have this podcast, but I don't think I've ever seen anything move. And I think, like, I think it might actually scare me. Like, does it ever scare your mom or scare the girls? Or they know uh, it's the like- girls have just grown up with it being such an. Yeah. Uh, we don't. I mean, we don't see movement of things a lot, lights and stuff. Yes, but. So, but they've grown up with these stories and Mm -hmm. the house in Chicago, you know, my mom was in her early to mid thirties there and they would do things like um, hide her kitchen utensils down in the basement in the clothes dryer. (laughs) So we would say, you know, my mom would say, well, I'm trying to make pancakes, but I can't find my spatula. Could someone go get it in the clothes dryer? (laughs) And so as kids, as kids, we were like, well, that's a dumb place to put the spatula, but okay. Like we didn't know what it was. But yeah. sure enough, you know, there would be a collection of kitchen items downstairs in the clothes dryer. Um, so she, I think she got used to it. You know, she was having yeah. a dinner party once and they picked up the beautiful cake that she had on the cake pedestal and dumped it right <gasps> in the middle of the dining room table. And she was screaming mad at that. But, you know, so we had, we had poltergeist. We had active, playful. Did they ever try to get rid of it? You know, um, I don't know if you've heard of Hans Holzer. Mm-mm. No. 
he was a parapsychologist at New York Institute of Technology, and he's written dozens of books on hauntings across America. So he came to our house, and he was fascinated by the stories, and he wanted to, you know, know more. And he took pictures, ultraviol- ultraviolet pictures in our house, and actually got formed. Hmm. You know, saw the wow. the shapes of people. But as far as trying to get rid of them, you know, my parents were very, they were just kind of open to it. It wasn't, there was nothing negative. There was no ill mm-hmm. intent, right, that they felt. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of think, you know, who am I to say, you know, this isn't your house too in some way. And And one of the spirits, M, lived in the house before my parents did and she just never left the house so for them it was kind of like well Mm. you know we we bought the house but it's still her house yeah that's so amazing that they were so open to it I would be open to it but once they ruined my cake I would be so pissed right totally like like, come on (laughs) right like that's great that is war don't (laughs) They would do things like open all the windows in the middle of winter on the first oh. floor. So we're on the second floor freezing our butts off. And my parents would be like, who's going to close the windows? You know, and, and yeah. so it's just kind yeah. of, I don't know that it happens for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that everybody's aware of this kind of stuff. So I don't know that the mm-hmm. people who bought that house had any experiences. But for whatever reason, when you're kind of open to it and tuned into it, Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to accept it as part of life, right? My dad was one of nine kids, and when his sister, the only daughter, the only girl died, he was down in his office in one, the house we lived in at the time, and his lights were flickering, and he came upstairs, and he said, I, I just want you guys to know that Vera came to say goodbye, and she's gone. Aww. And my mom said, I didn't hear the phone ring, and right. boom, the phone rang. Aww. Right as she said it, the phone rang, and someone was calling to tell us that she had gone. If you don't deny it and you don't, I think a lot of people don't want to believe these things out of just self-protection. They just can't take on how much it is out there that they don't understand, right? So Mm -hmm. they close the door. Yeah. But I think if your door is open, your door is open. I love that they were so open to it. Because I think a lot of people (laughs) might not have been, but they they sound so special. How did they meet? My mom and dad were in the student union at college. And my dad leaned into his friend pointing to my mom and said, the one with the ass has possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a bumper. Like, <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> so my mom's friend was dating this guy. So they, they set them up. And that's oh, how it turned yeah. out. They met at school. Aww. And she was I a journalist. She she was a teacher, but she did write an article for a Chicago newspaper, for our neighborhood newspaper in Chicago. And so, she taught gourmet cooking, and she sold real estate. My parents did all kinds of stuff. They just kept reinventing themselves as they went to keep life interesting, I think. That's awesome. And I feel like that's that you've done that as well, that you were a model and then Whitney's goodies and a prolific writer. It must run in the family. I, I think that it's just my parents always said, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And we took them seriously. <laughs> and we didn't grow up with people who just, you know, started working in a company and stayed there for 40 years and then retired. So we just followed their example. Do you remember when you were discovered? I love stories like this. Discovered. 
as a model. model. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in college. I was 17. And I went to my friend, my roommate at the time. We wanted to go to the REM concert. But she needed to go to her agency. She was a model. So she needed to go to her mm-hmm. agency to pick up her check. And so I went with her and she introduced me to her agent and her agent said, hey, have you ever thought about modeling? Because I'll sign you today. Wow. (laughs) But I was so tall and, you know, clearly I'd thought about it, but I I didn't think of it seriously until she said that. And then I started within two weeks. What a experience. It was. It was a good 20-year career. I enjoyed a lot of it. I don't regret any of it. Having said that, you know, I, I don't my daughters in that direction at all. To them, I say, do something that, and you you can't be a successful model and be stupid. You can't. There Mm -hmm. is too much to to navigate to, Mm -hmm. you know, be an idiot and succeed. Mm -hmm. But I tell them, you do something where you're using your brain and you're using your creativity and, you know, because modeling, even if you're, even if you're Cindy Crawford, modeling is so precarious to your self-esteem, right? You didn't get the job because your hips were one inch too big or you were two inches too tall or you were your eyes weren't green or you and it's so subjective. So mm-hmm. I look at I look at my kids and I'm like, You're beautiful and that's it. You are beautiful inside, you are great people. Don't you know, don't make your livelihood based on what you look like outside. Right. Good. So I like what you were saying about it being so subjective. It's so hard as a writer when, you know, like you see that number on the Amazon reviews go up and it's like, oh, I have to read a review, like my my heart, my stomach, but I've gotten tougher over the years. And, you know, I've, I used to, I still do After Buzz, which is this um, online podcasting network and people, I used to read all of the YouTube comments and people would say some like horrible things and it would be so (laughs) hurtful. But then I was like, I had to experience that. It was a lesson in in working on my inner peace, on being unshakable. So like you can say anything you want about me. I still love myself. Like me and God, right. like we're good. Say whatever you want. So like <laughs> it was good, you know, such a good lesson and it and it transfers over to to writing too. So if I get a review and it's not good, you can't shake like I mean you still can shake me, but like not as much as you used to. Like there's you know, it's like good practice to work on that inner peace. So did you find do you find modeling helped you and like having to really, you know, have that kind of unshakable confidence with even I, with what's good so. with writing? Yeah. I'm because sure it's it's also subjective, right? You know beauty is in the eye of the beholder and all that. And it it goes the same with writing. You know, someone's going to love you and someone's not going to love you and someone's mm-hmm. going to troll you. And I, you know, I get those now and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm sorry for you that you're such a miserable person. I don't feel, I'm not mad at you. I'm, I feel bad for you, you know, right. because, you know, if I were a crappy writer, I wouldn't be as successful as I am. So mm-hmm. if you pick me up and read me and don't like me, that's cool. Yes, exactly. That's good. Exactly. If the and I always think like if the the criticism constructive, that's one thing. If it's just plain mean, like that, it's that person. Like happy people don't write mean comments on the internet. Like if you're a happy person, you're not doing that. So if they're just being mean, then that's their problem. If it's constructive, right. you can't link it. into that. Yes, exactly. So are you working on your nineteenth book? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> I'm starting a new series 
called Seven Brides for Seven Mothers. So it's about busybody moms who are getting involved in their in their kids' love life. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I know, right? All of my stuff, all of my stuff. I do rom coms mostly. Mm-hmm heavy on the comedy. I just want to laugh. You know, we've had enough mm-hmm. stuff happen in our lives, but we know that bad stuff doesn't always happen to the other guy. So in my free time, I want to laugh. And I figure a lot of other people might just be feeling the same way. Absolutely. And if you're laughing while you're writing it, people are going to laugh while they're reading it. And it's good. Both All ways. the better, right? So I think people get very caught up in the fact that we are just that we live and then we die and that we end. And I, I just think we change dimensions. You know, life goes on. It just goes on differently. So I, I just feel like what I, the only thing I could offer people is to say, life is so much bigger than we know it to be. Mm. And be open to that because there's less fear when you are. Thank you so much, Whitney. I really appreciate it. I feel like <laughs> you have to come back when your next book is ready to be released. I hope you will come back because I feel like you have more stories. I would love to come back sometime. Sounds good. And where can everyone find you? Uh, probably, well, you can always find me on Amazon, but also on my website, which is com. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes. We're definitely doing this again. Okay, I'm in. Sounds good. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Thank you so much for listening to Signs from the Other Side. You can find me, Fern Rone, on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. I love hearing from you and I love hearing your stories of signs. And if you would like to hear more episodes of this show, please be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Thank you again and sweet dreams.